Well, if you noticed up here, it looks a little different. Um, we've moved some stuff to the new location, and we're going to move a few things back because we got into the new facility. We All this row of lights and movers that we had here, we took over to the new facility, and we found out the ceiling where we're at right now, where we need to put that, is 20 feet tall. And that's as far as the lift went. And the thing we needed to attach it to was another 12 feet. Uh, the, the one truss that we, we bought several trusses. And that truss is like going, I cannot reach that. And uh, so we, we came up with another plan. So th- those are at the facility. So today, if you didn't have your wonderful haze. Uh, and so the fog is, and we don't have the movers. If you're a guest today, actually, it's an incredible uh, just helps with the worship experience. God's doing it. And we're going to bring some of those movers back and the haze machine back for the next few weeks while we're over there. But there are lights that are up uh, over there. They're not hooked up yet, and we're getting everything ready for that. The sound uh, platform where the sound stage is going to be, that's already built. Furman is building the, the sound booth, and that looks like it's well underway and looks amazing. And the next couple of weeks, we're going to be starting, or a couple of weeks or less, on the main stage. And it's uh, this stage is, oh, 24 feet wide, 16 feet or so deep. The next stage is uh, 28 inches or so tall uh, and about 32 to 34 feet wide. And Tom, are you still here? Yeah, how many feet long? 24 16, something like that. It's just a little bigger than what we have now, and it, and it brings it up. But the, the space is amazing, and we've had so many of y'all that have come and helped us get it ready and are working to get that space ready, and it's looking stellar. We've already purchased all of the recessed lighting that uh, we took all their bulbs out, and they were just bigger and older, and you know, and they, they're the ones that, uh, that really draw a lot of electricity. We bought LED that only pulls some of them, and they're dimmable, and so we've done all that. We're doing everything debt-free um, outside of the mortgage, and we're going to pay that off just as quick as we can, and we're already working to that effect. So it's good stuff, and uh, we are going to be in there. The reason that we are in a delay is because, uh, you know, not to mention um, uh, another pizza place's name, because I'm not talking pizza, but Domino's. We've all played Domino's. I do like Donato's, Sean, wherever you're at. Yes, she does. We do like Donato's, yes. Mariachi beef is actually her favorite of Donato's. But, um, so uh, that we are waiting. The, they are still occupying the moose as we speak. There is an event there now and that is in our building. And we are being gracious uh, to continue. to. They, they're getting out. Their last day is this Friday. And they're moving out on Saturday and Sunday of next week. And then we take full possession on Monday. We were wanting to take full possession um, well over a month or so ago, but nonetheless, that's what's going on. So when we're there Wednesday, they will be there. They're on the other side, which is going to be our kids' space. And this is just enough. So I hope you are in agreement because we're we're believing this. I believe it's important by what the Lord is telling me that we go in there while they're yet there, and not in a mean way. So please, I want you to hear my heart here. This isn't any kind of we're not killing giants of people. Okay, we're not doing that, but we're going in there as lovable people of God and we're going to take one side as it's that's the one we're remodeling right now. The reason we're delayed to get in by Easter Sunday, which is what we wanted, is because we only have two and a half weeks to get the kids area ready. And we don't know that we can do we want our kids to know they're just as important as anybody. 
And we want to make a good stellar decision and go in there. So when we open that it's it, we we're doing everything that we've had our we can get our hands on to get it done. Uh, and so we're going to we're going to be working to that end in these next several weeks. But we're going to go over there and we're going to pray because I think it's important that we take dominion now. And we go in there and just let that giant, as far as the spirit that's in there now, know that there's a new sheriff in town. And uh, during our lifetime, we travel many roads. And so we're going to go in there, take take the authority. And then the next first Wednesday, we're going in there and it will will be the only ones in there. Then we'll walk the whole building and we'll just cover that thing with prayer, walk around it in it, and all that stuff. So, but for this Wednesday, we're going to be we're on the auditorium side. And uh, what I don't want is because you can go over by the restrooms we're remodeling, and you can look out at the bar and see everybody. I don't want a bunch of us over there going, ah. No. <laughs> I don't want that. So you know what? The enemy hears very well. So we don't have to go over and do that. We can just stay on our side, and trust me, they'll know we're there. And we'll just pray. We'll have a, an hour of prayer. It'll be fun. It'll be an adventure. And uh, so I'll ask you to join with us on that. So that's why all this is going on. Next week, we will have a little more uh, motion and stuff to uh, what's going on up here. But we've been talking about killing giants, and this is week three in this. And today, if you get your stone, and if, you're, if this is your first time here, make sure you get a bag and get three stones. Um, and, and this is the stone today. Now we've, we put faith on the first one. Anybody remember the second one? Words. Good, good, good. This one is time, the stone of time. And, uh, and we're using that to take down the enemy because everybody gets time in the day. We have all 24 hours and what we do with that is going to help us get to the destiny that God has for each and every one of you. This is our main scripture we've been pulling out of this series, 1 Samuel 17, 40. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream, put them into a shepherd's bag, then arrived only with his shepherd's staff and sling, or arrived, he armed. Sorry, I'm excited. <laughs> he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. So time is important. How many would agree that time is important? Um, today... The giant is probably telling you, don't take the time to do this. Don't do this. Don't work on this. Don't do that. The things that are really important, even the things that are godly, the giant will get you to procrastinate. How many knows what procrastination is? Procrastination is, is just taking the time to put off the things of time that you need to do in the right time. If we're all in a procrastinator small group, we, we, we meet tomorrow. Think about what I just said. Some of you are <laughs> procrastinators. It's just putting things off that you need to do that you need to do now. But you will just say, I, I'll do that later. So time is important. Ephesians uh, 5, 5 through 16. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Amplified version says, make the most of your time. So we need to understand there, for time's sake, we need to do some things that are time. Successful people do what 95% of people that just don't have any idea that want to be successful. There's people that will say, I want to be, now when you were kids, did you ever say, I want to be a millionaire? Well, there's things that you have to do unless you're born into a millionaire's family to be a millionaire. And what people that are wealthy, they do 95% or only 5% of what 95% of people don't do. They do the stuff that nobody wants to take the time to do. 
And so they put those things to work and then they understand how that works and things start happening. So we need to understand that sometimes just to get advantages on our day is just taking a little bit of time. And I'm not talking just about money here. I'm talking about just in what we do and what we prioritize. I'm going to give you some things before this day is over. You're going to be glad you came. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 through 9 and 11 through 13. It's going to be on the screen and I could read it and I would. But I'm telling you, it's, it's a, a time for everything in there. That Bible, that, and it's your Bible, my Bible, it says there's a time to live, a time to die, time to dance, time to laugh, time to this, time to that, time to that, that, mourn, weep, time, time. There's time. There's a time. God has set some things in time. He set all that things, 11 through 13. So just going down to 3, 11, uh, 11 through 13 says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. So I conclude, I concluded that there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. People should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor for these are the gifts of God. So God has put us in a time period. There's a time for you. There's a reason you're here now. There's a reason that God has you where you're at right now. He has determined a task for you. You all have a vision and a dream. You, some people will say, no, no, that's not for me. I'm telling you, God has put something inside you. You might not want to recognize it, but there's a time that puppy needs to come out. There's a time that you need to say, you know what, God, I am made more than just to exist. He's got more for you than just to go through the day and just live one day at a time. I understand the principle of that, but I mean just to exist and not enjoy your life. He's determined. He has a specific assignment, a purpose for you. And he's serious about it. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And he's counting on you to fulfill what he's called you to do. But this is what's happening. We want to do that. We all hear, God, that's good, especially when we're in church. God, I like that. But the giant is screaming every morning. When we get out of the bed, the giant is saying, You're too old. Your bones don't work. Or how about at 3 a.m.? You have to go to the bathroom. That necessarily isn't a giant. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. But he'll twist anything. He's evil. But he'll tell you stuff like, you just can't do what you used to do anymore. You, Oh, nobody likes you. What are you going to do today? You've never been successful. Your past is going to haunt you. And he screams at you every day. I'm telling you this morning, it's time you shut the giant up. It's time you got your stone and said, oh, we're going to dance. And I'm going to hit you right between the headlights. It's time that you said, listen, I'm not listening to your voice anymore. Make him be quiet because he doesn't go away on his own. I'm telling you, it's time. Turn to your neighbor and say it's time. People ask sometimes, well, you know, if we're going to do this, what are the rules? Can I just tell you the enemy doesn't like any rules? He doesn't obey any rules. You know what he does have to obey? Authority. He doesn't want to, but he has to. Because that's why the Bible is very clear and it says there's going to be a time when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. There will be a time, there's nothing he can do when you're under the authority of the blood of Jesus. There, he can't stop that. He can't stop. If he could have stopped it, he'd have stopped him 2,000 years ago. But I'm telling you, the first person to know he was alive outside of God the Father is the enemy. 
because as soon as that grave, he comes popping out of there. He's like, "Uh oh, time is up. My Bible says he went down there and got the keys. So that we could live free, we have the keys to the kingdom. I'm telling you, turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. You remember the widow with oil? In 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, it says, One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? This is Elisha still talking. Nothing at all. This is the woman answering, except this flask of oil. She replied, and Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons. Shut the door behind you. Pour the olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after the other. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the oil stopped. Turn to your neighbor and say, and then. <clears throat> when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left over. Now, we've read that story, and we heard it, and she says, you know, I just got this little... So in my mind... She's got this little jar of oil, like if you go to Aldi or Walmart, you know. She's just got this little, bo- just, just, here it is. This is all I got. And he says, okay. And he, he tells her what to do. Now, she does some things. The Bible says she did what she was told. And, and she's going to do stuff. And, there, you know, there's a, where she takes care of the prophet first. How many knows we've got to take care of God? Not that God needs us, but that's a, that's a heart issue. You got to make sure that, oh, I got to make sure I get mine. I'm telling you, God's in your heart. He's already got you and you just go, whatever, because he'll take care of me. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that. Because if I seek first the kingdom, is that not what the word says? All of these things that will be added to you. And what, what are the things? If you look at the verses before, it's the stuff that we worry about. So she takes the time to do that. So if we were asking in this story, what's the most important thing? We'd almost all say, well, it's the oil. I'm telling you, it's not the oil. It's not the oil. And the oil is important, obviously, because she had that to, to multiply. Yes. But if she could go back. The important thing in this thing is the time she took to borrow the vessels. Because now, if we just read, she doesn't know. It says filled to the brim. Have you ever had a cup of water or pop or milk and it's filled to the brim and you're trying to pass it to someone or you want to walk it from the counter to the table? I don't know what kind of pots they're filling, but they said they're filled to the brim. That means like to the extreme top. And the Bible says, she says, give me another one. And the son says, there aren't any more. She didn't know there weren't any more. She wouldn't have asked for one. And the Bible says, then the oil stopped. My point is this. If she would have taken, if she would have known, how many of those hindsight's 2020? If you could go back and say when you were 20 years old, if I would have saved $20 and put it and invested in something for 12%, by the time I'm 57, I'd be a millionaire. We didn't. When I was 19 and 20, I thought I was Superman. 
I married Lois. <laughs> well, let me tell you, honey. <laughs> I'm building a case. It's all good. Anyway, let's back to our story. She got me sidetracked. Katie, it's all your fault. <laughs> if she could go back and say, you know what? If I'd have had more vessels, I'd have had more oil. If I'd had more oil, I'd have made more money. If I'd have made more money, we'd be even richer than we are now. We could help more people. We could do more things. Come on. They didn't have semis back then. They probably had, uh, give me a semi camel. <laughs> let's just rent camels that are full of jugs and we'll just fill those with oil. Hey, can I go over here? I'd go to adjoining towns. Let's go to the next town. Hey, I'll give you part of this. Can I just, can I borrow some jars? How many know if she would have known it wouldn't have stopped until she was out of jars, she'd have got more jars. Time. She gave what she had. Remember Abraham and Isaac. God told Abraham, take Isaac up to the mountain. And told him what was going to happen. The Bible says that Abraham, he was obedient to God. And in the morning he rose and he got the wood ready. If you look in your Bible, that's what it says. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is worship starts happening in the prep time. He already, he has the plan, doesn't say he's in agreement with it, but he trusts. And so he starts preparing because God's told him to do that. Sometimes isn't it the truth that the giant on Sunday morning is going to yell at you the loudest? Isn't that the time your kids don't want to get out of bed? You can get up and we're going to go to church and you're going to learn about the love of Jesus. Now get up! And your kids, that's the only day, of, I mean every other day, ha ha, let's go! But on Sunday they're just... So, that giant screams. You got to be quiet. You got to tell him to shut up. You got to start saying, all right. Abraham starts preparing. So, on Sundays before we come to church, this is what we told our kids. And our, our kids can tell you this. My son is here with his lovely wife and my grandbaby in her belly is right back there. More coming right up here. So, by faith... By faith. Hi, Justin. <laughs> but this is what we did on Sunday morning. This principle is what I tried to instill in my children. On Sunday morning, they couldn't, if when they're getting ready for church, we didn't allow them to listen to anything lest it would prep them for Sunday. Now, you might say, well, that's hard. I'm just telling you, we are taking time. Because I didn't want them to, you know, listen to stuff that was going to detract from where they were going. I wanted them to get their mindset. Come on, somebody. Get their mind on what they're doing. Because what you let in your eyes and in your ears starts prepping your heart. And so we would say, okay, if you're going to watch anything. Because so, kids can get ready quick. It's not till the girls become older girls that they have to open their mouth and put on mascara. <laughs> Do all that kind of stuff. Because guys, see, girls don't like guys. We, how many guys, we can get ready in about three minutes, can't we? Man, it's just like, we just shower. <laughs> Let's go! Anyway, so if they had to watch TV, then they had to watch either, back in that day, VHS. Or something that was centered around God and church. And then when we got home, if they wanted to watch like their favorite Disney thing or something else, that was fine. But during that time, that was only geared for getting their mindset ready for church. Help me out today. And we started doing that on when we'd go to church that it had to be on a Christian station. 
um, because we were, again, we were just getting our, we were laying the foundation. We were preparing the wood, so to speak. There's an importance in time. Time is valuable and you can never get it. It can't be recovered. Once it's gone, it's gone. Let me give you some stats on time. Like the woman who'd been married 10 times said to her last husband, I won't keep you long, so just hang with me. Give you some stats on time. 365 days in a year, 525,600 minutes, 86,400 seconds in a day, 600,000 seconds in a week, 2.6 million seconds in a month, 31 million seconds in a year, 2.2 million deaths in our country this year, 75% from causes that are largely preventable. You know what's coming? Because we live in a culture that is just like, do everything for you. I want, come on, what, what can you do? Make it convenient. We have remotes for everything. You can be in your car in the middle of winter and start your car from your house. It's called a remote starter. When I was growing up, you are looking at the remote starter. When we Now you have a remote for your TV, you have one for your VCR, you've got one for this, you've got one for the robot to come out and scratch your back, you've got one, you know, whatever. I was the TV remote. Where you know, we got 4, 6, 10, and 28 on a good day. And on Sunday night, about 8 o'clock, you got to watch the wonderful world of Disney with Tinkerbell that would come out and do that thing. And right before that was Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom with Marlon Perkins. The poor guy was... Yeah, okay. Anyway, all of that being said, when the TV would go out on top of the TV, was there not a pair of pliers that you could turn? And I would be, Brett, turn the channel, will you? Hold your foot up and get a piece of foil. Take the time. We live and we want instant results. What I'm trying to tell you is we will go and wait two hours in a healing line, believing that evangelists will lay hands on us and we'll get made well. All the while, we won't spend two or three days a week, just 15 minutes a day, maybe exercising or just watching our little bit of our diet to watch what we eat. Does that make sense? And, and, and that's not saying that you can't ever indulge and have some good food. And I mean, we've all overeaten. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm certainly no one to throw stones that way. But what I'm telling you is one of the realities, I'm just like, I can't have time back that I lost because I wasted it. So my best recourse then is to make the most of the time I have left. Can I get a witness? Two million people will take time this year to get married. One million of those will take the time this year to get divorced. 95% of divorces are caused by lack of communication. That's due to not taking time to talk or time to spend with one another. Average work person or working person two minutes a day, less than two minutes a day in meaningful communication with their spouse or significant other. Average working person spends 30 seconds a day in meaningful communication with their children. Average American watches 28 hours of TV a week. 78% wish they could take time to stop and smell the roses. 95% of things that we fear will happen never happen, and all that time is wasted in worry. 80% of crisis management events are preventable. Listen to this. One hour of planning will save you 10 hours of doing. We learn 10%, or we retain 10% of what we read. We retain 20% of what we hear. 
We retain 30% of what we see. We retain 50% of what we see in here. We retain 70% of what we say and 90% of what we do. If you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. So to change your output, you've got to change your input. So you've got to do something different. Brett, we've always done this. This is all I've done. Da, 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 da. I mean, we can sing that. But if you don't like the end result, you're going to have to get you a new instrument and play a different tune. Because it's not going to happen. The giant's going to still taunt you unless you make him shut up. I visit a lot of people. I get the privilege to marry people. And I also get the privilege to... Say goodbye to people or, or try to help other people find themselves after someone um, goes to be with Jesus or passes away. I hear people say this many times. Where did all the time go? Where did my life go? It went by so fast. They grow up before you know it. You know what they're saying? I'll tell you what they're saying. Give me another pot. But there isn't anymore. We've got to understand God has got a purpose for you. And there is time to do it. And we cannot let the enemy steal anymore. Ever notice the Bible will said this in the time of Noah. What if we put our name there right now? We're living in this era in the time of our dear Billy Graham. Now, boy, it wouldn't I, I could only imagine when Billy went into the gates of heaven. Wouldn't that be awesome? They told a story on the radio. I just heard it where they said that he was in a stadium with thousands and thousands of people. I don't know how many, maybe 40, 60, 80,000 people. And he gave an altar call and masses went down. And there were well over 2,000 teenagers that just gave their heart to the Lord. And they, they had people back there and the whole Billy Graham staff were weeping. Because the anointing was so thick, but because that was one of those things. Have you ever been involved when something you look at each other and you're like, this is set forever in time. Kim and I have had a couple of those events in our ministry or in the life where something happened and I looked at her and she looked at me and we were just like, oh, my word. It was just set in time. What if what if God could say in the time of 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 Glenn, in the time of Glenn Snyder, he's another Cowboy. That's, that's my cowboy friend right there. In the time of Glenn, or in the time, you know, when you just put your name in there. I want my kids to know, in the time of my dad, this is what he did. He didn't just say, I can't find the way. My dad blazed a trail for me to follow. What are you doing with your time? What's the giant screaming at you that he needs to shut up? This is your time. This is your life. This is your race. This is your year. This is your time. So what do we do now? I'm going to give you three quick thoughts. How to redeem the most for your time. Here's number one. Get the plan. Go to God and ask him to show you what you're to do. No one else can do that. Let God show you. Man, you were created for this. There's some people and you know, man, they're just like, they're just good at it. There's some things we got to work at. There's some things you're just like, man, they're just natural at that. I remember, and Sam's with us today. How, what was he, six? We had, we had an evangelist come and he stand at our house. And he had one of those cars that had the locks on the door. You push the numbers to whatever. And he said, 
I can't figure my lock out. Don't know how to get, you know, if I, I can't get in my car. Sam is like six years old. Sam goes out there. Here's your combo. He figured it out and unlocked the dude's door. He's six. His last name isn't MacGyver. It's Gleespin. I'm like, how does he do that? We would give him those little brain teaser things to get stuff apart. He'd have it for like two minutes and hand it back to you in two parts. Now, if you're like me, part of you wants to be like, I have no idea where you get that. I can't do that. I've been looking at that for 50 minutes. Of course, his mother would probably say, he gets it from me. She could probably figure it out, too. But, I mean, he would just figure all that stuff out because he's a thinker, not a stinker. He just worked well that way. So God's got stuff for you. He's got things that you can do. So get the plan. And he's going to reveal it to you, but you got to spend time with him. Did you hear that? You got to spend time with him so that he'll tell you, he'll download those things to you. So then you know what to do. It'll give you purpose and it'll give you your goal. Until you know your purpose, you don't have clarity. It's kind of like, it's kind of like me winking at Kim in a dark room. She can't see it. You need clarity, so you need the time. You need to spend it with him so he can bring purpose to what you're doing. When you know your goal, then you have an urgency. I got to get this. See, I like goals. You know, when I use goals for weight loss or all that, because I'm, this is what I want to reach. So I have something that I'm looking at. Here's our second thought today. Do the plan. So we've got get the plan, do the plan. Once you find out what the plan is, then you know what to do. Then you weigh your decisions against the plan. Because somebody's always going to try to tell you the enemy is real good at trying to get you off the wall. Nehemiah, they built the wall in 52 days. And there's people that, is it Sanballat? What, what parent names their kids Sanballat? And you shall be called Sanballat. Shut up, rock in the box. I mean, you know. What are you Sorry. That's just his brother. Don't throw stones. Sorry. But the enemy's going to try to get you off the wall. He's going to try to get you down. You, but you have to, now that you know the plan, weigh whatever they're saying. Hey, you need to come down. You know what? We like what you're doing. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Come on down. Let's talk about it. But if you already know the plan, Nehemiah was just like, no, 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 no. I get it. Thank you for your offer. Can't come down. I'm too busy doing what God's called me to do. Come on, somebody. God wants you to finish what you're called to do. He wants you to stay on task. Get the plan from God. Do the plan. Weigh all your decisions against it. Here's thought number three. Get it, do it, finish it. Finish the plan. God is a finisher. What he starts out, he finishes. Don't get distracted. The enemy is going to try, just like we said, he's going to try to pull you off that. You have to finish. I got an urgency. I got a dude. I got this. Can I just say this? Again, my daughter-in-law's here. I'm just using them because they're here. <laughs> I got a grandbaby coming. Coming in May. Now, Hannah could say, I don't want that baby to come in May. I want the baby to come in June. Baby's coming. And although we can say June, that baby wants to go freedom in May sometime. So you get the plan. Do the plan. Finish the plan. And you start walking it out now. You're going to start doing 
what God, and she's not saying that. She's ready for the baby, so just so that you know. But don't get distract, dis, distracted. Clarify things. Clean the clutter out of your life so you can see things clearly. So you can, you can get what you need. Lord, I need, this is what I need to focus on. So start focusing on that. It might make you uncomfortable because there may be some decisions that people say, I need you to, to go over here. But because you know what the plan is, I got to get this done. I'd love to go that today, but I can't. I got to stay here on task. Can I take a rain check? So it might cost you some sacrifice. But you can't always do what everybody else is doing. You must start doing what everybody else isn't doing. So later you can live like nobody else is living. Dave Ramsey says it this way. Live, live now like no one else. So later you can live like no one else. So how you handle your time will determine whether or not you will reach your destiny. Time is like currency. What you have in your life, you've exchanged it for time to get it there. What you don't have in your life, you've decided, for the most part, it's, I'm not going to exchange my time to get that into my life. Some things, you can weigh that good, bad, indifferent, but I'm just saying. Runners in a race, they all start at the same point, the beginning. They all try to finish, not all of them finish. Some look good, run bad. Some look bad, run good. Anybody ever run a race? Me and you, okay. <laughs> Anybody know what running is? <laughs> you guys have any tennis shoes? Just ask. <laughs> I, would, I would run race with my uncle, and, and we would run, and he, he ran a marathon. That's 26 miles. I mean, that's to me, that's incredible. I can't imagine running 26 miles, but he trained for it. He took the time and made a plan and trained. We'd run these little 5Ks that are about 3.2 miles or something, and I'd be sucking wind most of the way. I'd start out, we look good, but man, midway in the course, I, I looked like I was going to die. And he would help me along the way. I'd be like, I'd hold my side, sucking wind, and he'd be, come on, come on, you know, and like that. And then, you know, we, I'd make, he'd wait on me. And then we'd get towards the end, and I was feeling pretty good. I got my second wind. And, then I, and honestly, so Tom's here. At the end, you know, there's that finish line. And if truth be known... If he never waited on me, he'd been there drinking a latte or something by the time I got across the finish line. But he would wait and help me 98% of the time. A couple times I think I did all right. But at that end, I could see the finish line, and I knew she was there. Well, I don't want to go across the finish line looking like Gomer Pyle. Golly, shazam! I wanted to go across looking like, you know, Captain America or something. And somehow, deep down inside, I'd pull up something that I didn't think I have, and we'd sprint towards the end, and then I'd beat him in the sprint. But the truth is, if I would have stayed with him, he'd have beat me a long time ago. There, Tom, I said it. <laughs> free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. What I'm saying is, you know, we, we train for that, we understand. But not everybody that, there's people that looked, they looked good. I mean, you look at them like, ooh. And we beat some of those people. And there's some people that looked, and they wore shorts that should never be out in public. And I'm like, you looked in the mirror and said, this is good. Because all of us said, no, it's not. <laughs> and they, they looked terrible, but they knew, they knew how to run. I, I don't know why, but they did well. So we need to understand, God, not about the appearance, but what have you called us to do? Get the plan. Do the plan. 
finish the plan. I'm going to give you, these aren't in the notes. I'm going to give you these seven and we're done. Okay. This is seven quick time savers. I got five minutes. Are you ready? It's not going to take five minutes. So we're going to finish this in less than five, seven quick time savers. This will help you redeem some time. Don't let interruptions get the best of you. Don't let yourself get sidetracked. If you have some things to do, make sure that you do them, especially if you're putting God first. Whether When you get up in the morning, is there a place where you pray that you won't be distracted? Do you have your Bible ready? You got a notepad if you needed it. Is this where you're going to put your coffee? I mean, just get things ready so you're not sidetracked, so you're not running around, so you can get all that done. So busy work will try to get you. You'll see things. You might be like the mouse in a cookie. Oh, look, somebody spilt that. Oh, I better clean this. Oh, wait, we haven't. The floor needs cleaned. Will you look at that? And the next thing you know, you'll, you'll never get anything. So don't get sidetracked. Number two, don't be late because you waste your time and everybody else's. I don't like being late. Anybody with me? Because say if you have five people in a meeting and you're five minutes late, you just wasted 25 minutes, five minutes apiece. 5, 10, 5, 25. Don't be late. I mean, do what you can to be on time. Here's number three. Set aside 15 minutes a day or set aside 15 minutes a day to plan. So if you, it may not take you 15 minutes, but look at your day. What do you got to do today? Here's what, I, here's what I need to get done. Here's my top three things or here's my top four things. Put those down. Plan your day so that you can look at that and what doesn't get done, it's going to go on the next day, but you're going to do those and prioritize those things. Here's number four. Develop routines. Develop routines. We are a people of routine. So, so uh, do you, anybody put their car keys in the same place? That's good. Develop things so that you can put stuff so you, know, you don't have to look for it. Do you know anybody that loses their cell phone all the time? <laughs> Somebody, yeah. Kim doesn't anymore. She, she used to set it down and then she'd say, could you call me? I'm like, you're right here. Call my phone. And then we'd hear her phone ring and it'd be, you know, she'd be, it'd be by the washer or be somewhere like that. Well, then she started figuring out, you know what? I got to keep better track of that. So she just made a few changes. Now I can't remember the last time this happened. I really don't. I mean, cause she, she usually has that. She knows what she's doing. So what I'm saying is put things in routine places. Like this is where I set my wallet. Here's where I set my keys. I don't have to go find them. This is where I do it. When I, when I change my clothes or I'm going to take a shower, put everything right here. Are you with me? Get some routine things. All right. <clears throat> so develop routines. Number five, cut back on socializing at work. It's real easy with social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. But you're going to have to prioritize, you know, give your boss a full day's work if you can. Do what you can do to, to do that. Or even if, if it's in your own time, that stuff will suck your time. And if you're a gamer, and there's nothing wrong with being a gamer, but you, you'll start playing a game, and before you know it, you'll be playing for an hour and don't realize you thought it was 10 minutes because you kind of get involved. Not saying that's wrong, but I'm just saying let's look at our time. So plan that. So make sure, you know, hey, I'm going to be on Facebook or I'm going to do this. I'll be on for five minutes or whatever. I got some other things to do. So run your life that way. Um, number six, be neat. Get rid of clutter. How many knows God's a God of order? Don't go in and look at my desk right now. It's not terrible, but it's not good. My wife likes order. She likes things neat. Everything in its place and every place in its thing. No, that's probably wrong. Every place in its thing. But, you know, everything's got... So be neat. It's easier... When you sit down somewhere and everything is neat, do you feel more productive? When everything's just a mess, is it not like, oh, I don't even know where to start? If you have to do spring cleaning, isn't that fun? But once you're done, you're like, you feel better about yourself because you've got things organized or neat. So start working better. Uh, with that be neat here's the last thing simplify 
Okay, simplify. Don't make yourself work harder, work smarter. Trying to get this over to some of, uh, I've got one child that's left in the house. And, and if I was Sherlock Holmes, I can tell everywhere she's been. And I said, girl, just, just don't do that. What? Well, you don't have to. Your laundry basket's right there. I know, but I wasn't close enough. It's 10 feet. I know. And so she'll end up spending all this time cleaning her room. But if she would have just put the clothes away when she was supposed to, put the dirty clothes in the dirty clothes, the clean clothes. Come on, can I get a witness, somebody? I mean, I don't want to call her room Tornado Tilly. But I'm just saying, let's let's think about this. Let's work harder. And we'll save our time. So, so you know, if you're, I'm going to go in here, I'm going to run the sweeper. Why are you running the sweeper? And I'm just, this isn't just women, guys, because I do run the sweeper. I do dishes. I'm not good with the, the washer because I don't know how to use that. But you could, <laughs> you could put something in the washer and let it do what it does while you're doing something else. You know, if I'm cleaning out in the garage, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm trying to do something or let something happen. I'll, I'll try to get a couple things going so I make the most, listen, of my time. Those are those seven things. What I'm asking you today, and this is my challenge, listen to what the Lord is telling you. Download from him the plan. Do the plan, finish the plan. And then make your life simpler because when your life, when you've got a plan and you're working it out, I'm telling you, your stress level just goes from here, it goes way down. Because you know what you're doing. I mean, you're on course, you're on mark, you're on point. And you're not just flying by the seat of your pants. How many say okay to that? All right, I love you guys. I hope you're going to slay some giants today. Would you stand to your feet, bow your heads, close your eyes.